walked into the apartment library where bad people read good books. We hope. <laughs> I think. I'm not sure. Anyway, so this week, we've made it. This is episode 200. We made it. Yes, that was so quick. <laughs> That's right, you know? Like, uh, I didn't even see it through. Yeah. <laughs> episode number two. It's great. We're here. We're loving it. <laughs> Yes, we are. And we're so glad that you're here. Yes, thank you for joining us. So this week we read The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon, a British novelist. We knew nothing of him. I know I they uh, I told a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. he said that he read this book in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, great, we're reading high school books now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely heard of this book like, I, I knew of the book before, but, yeah, I guess up until now I never read it, obviously. Yeah, it's definitely popular. Yeah. And when was it published? I think 2000... It was either 2005 or 2015. I thought it was six, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's from the 2000s. Okay, so 2005 or six or something. Like I thought that. it was six, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Around then. Yeah. For sure. It was good. It was absolutely good. <laughs> End of podcast. That's it. End of the episode. <laughs> Thanks. See you next week. <laughs> At the apartment library. <laughs> no, I guess so. Back to reality. Should we just give like a really quick, bare bones summary, kind of? And it's not like that complicated of a book either. No, it's just pretty straightforward. So, right. So the story follows a 15-year-old kid who is on the autism spectrum. Although or, it doesn't say that in the book. No, it's quite tenuous, and it's not about that. The author has mm-hmm. come out to say that it's not about that. The, the idea being that the story seem, seems to revolve around somebody who is an outsider and is different and has trouble, you know doing regular things that you and I would find mm-hmm. easy to do, but because, you know, of their uh, impairment, they are impaired. Yeah, or I guess they just obviously, like, experience the world differently and they have a hard time doing normal, quote-unquote, normal things yeah. like, like other people. Which becomes, like, really obvious later in the book. So, mm-hmm. the, okay, so the summary would essentially be that he finds his neighbor's dog murdered killed impaled mm-hmm. and he proceeds to try and find out who did it turns out his dad did it <laughs> although that isn't revealed until about halfway through the book well we just did spoil the book then well kind of hard not to do that <laughs> yeah and through the story it seems that you know uh christopher the main character the protagonist he wants to discover who did this and he likes the idea of uh, pursuing this as a mystery and through the mystery the novel tells us about his life and the struggles his parents have gone through Mm -hmm. Uh, for about half the novel and for about uh, his life up until then, Christopher thought that his mother was dead. Because that's what his, his dad always told him. Exactly. She died of a heart attack or something. Yeah, she 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 was she was ill mm-hmm. in hospital, <laughs> and eventually she died. It turns out that she isn't dead, and she lives in London. This whole thing is happening in England, if you haven't noticed by now. Christopher finds a trove of <laughs> letters, and 
he finds a, a trove of letters and uh, that his mom has written him over the years and that his dad has kept and hasn't allowed him to read mm -hmm. so to so as to maintain this illusion that his mother is dead uh in this sense christopher down in, in it's more than a rage he is he just kind of shuts down when he when he finds this yeah, out like absolutely. He just, well, the shock of it because i mean anyone obviously you find out your mom's not actually dead you'd, you'd be i don't know what that would feel like so imagine him who already has like problems i guess kind of receiving information and and analyzing it and comprehending it in a again a, a quote-unquote normal way so he when he understands this when he finds this out like he just yeah he just kind of shuts down really he just yeah he reacts really uh, violently because his dad tells him that he killed the dog he killed wellington and therefore because Christopher is he's very logical, right? He thinks in very, very logical terms. And therefore, like he says, well, if my dad was able to kill Wellington, then he is essentially a murderer. He's capable of killing me. So like he reacts as such, you know, like and mm -hmm. he, he takes his pet rat, Toby, and he flees. And the reason why his dad killed the dog is because it's revealed that like Christopher's mom was having an affair with a neighbor and that's why she moved to London. So she moved to London with this neighbor and the dad kind of had a friendship with the wife, the neighbor's wife who was left behind here when her husband moved away with Christopher's mom. Yeah. Mr. And Mrs. Cheers, mm -hmm. the neighbors. Yeah. And so apparently the dad had like an argument with her and in his rage, he killed her dog Wellington. Yeah. So essentially, the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime is just the trigger for the story, right? It just sets the ball rolling. And the story is very much Christopher discovering what happened to his mom and what happened to his parents' relationship. And this leads him to actually go on a journey to London. By himself. By himself, which is, it proves very difficult. He is uh, tremendously distraught with the uh, amount of information that he comes across in, in, in terms of like, you know, like sensory... Inputs, kind That's of. That's right. You know, like yeah. he freaks out with like all the noise and the the people and like he, he reacts very, very violently with the, the people touching him or mm -hmm. even talking to him. Anyway, he arrives at London... His mom lives with Mr. Shears, and that relationship essentially dissolves because of Christopher's appearance, because she loves her son, and she's always loved her son. She's written him letters, and up until this point, he hadn't replied because he thought that she was dead. So she wants to be with her son, and Mr. Shears doesn't one Christopher around, he's obviously very difficult to be around for somebody, someone who's not aware or used to or trained to be around somebody of uh, that nature. And his mom eventually takes him back to London because one of Christopher's drives is to take his math A levels, which I guess in, in, in the UK is uh, some point of... Uh, 
high school education or... I think like, it's like what they do to before they go to university. Okay, yeah. I, I think. It's like the end of high school, typically. Yeah, it's like the... What are, they, what what are they called in the, in the U.S.? The uh, SATs? SATs, that's right. So he's taking it like pretty early because he's... Yeah, and he, he does go to a special needs school, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, that is uh, this big driving force for him. So, you know, he wants to be an astronaut or he wants to be a scientist and he wants to work with uh, numbers and science. And it's a huge part of his life. And, you know, like he just kind of like doesn't mesh the two. Right. It has this mm-hmm. very separate feeling. It It feels as if this huge drama in his life that is going around him kind of like doesn't permeate the fact that like he has to do this thing and they've set up the test that he's going to take because he wants to take it early and he wants to essentially test out and he wants to prove that he is capable of doing so and then like go on to university and become a scientist, become an astronaut is what he says. While, you know, there's this humongous drama around them with his dad and the dead dog and his wife and the... It's insane, right? Yeah, he's very focused, like, in when what he wants to accomplish. But I, I guess, like, the book just ends kind of not a huge, you know, revelation or anything. It just ends, like, he... Christopher, like, succeeds really well on his A-levels. He gets, I think, like, the highest mark or whatever. He gets, like, an A, I think. Yeah, yeah, he does really and, well, and there, I think the the climax to the story sort of happens halfway through the book, right? Like to yeah, me, yeah, the, the climax is like when he discovers that his mom is alive and his dad killed the dog. That's like the turning point. Exactly, right? Like I thought, like after that, it, it just felt like it's kind. Of, if if this was a movie, that's sort of where like everything after from that point on, everything just happens in like a fast. Mm-hmm. motion so i guess right. so that was like so that's the plot i guess right so yeah yeah absolutely so, like, like it, it, it it's a fairly straightforward yeah, book it's a pretty and simple it, story it, it read fairly quickly and mm-hmm. uh it was it was absolutely like uh written in a very approachable way however it wasn't you know simple yeah i mean and it, it not as in was it wasn't difficult to read but it wasn't dumbed down no because right? the whole book is from christopher's perspective so i felt that it got like a little bit tedious like it was still a really quick like easy read overall but like just because it's always from his perspective so like he, the sentences you know like it's like a run be, big run-on sentence you know obviously it's it's just his thoughts kind of on the page in a way yeah so yeah, it he, had it's a lot like, of it's like very like like he notices everything so he'll describe you know what all the signs said yeah. and, and he'll like relay dialogue like exactly as it was said originally. So it, yeah, it's readable and it's still easy to read and enjoyable. But sometimes it was, I was like, okay, like I get it sort of thing. Okay. A little bit. Uh, it's funny. I, I felt uh, differently towards that. I, I mm-hmm. thought that the way it was written allowed me to like sympathize a bit more. It kind of like helped me like, put myself in his position or to to uh, understand his tone, right? His, like the way that he was telling the story kind of like really helped me like put myself in his head. And yeah, like a lot of it was like, you know, 
this happened and then that happened and this person was doing this and it made me feel like that therefore I did this and then I went there and then I did this and it's kind of like it's a lot of like uh, I've never really like paid any mind to this criticism but a lot of people seem to dislike books or literature written in the first person that's how actually I prefer that and I, I think it was effective in this case like it really it succeeded in really showing us how he saw the world and how his mind like interpreted things and how he saw things like it was I think it it couldn't have been written any other way in my opinion mm-hmm. and got across all this information as effectively as it did so that's not a criticism of mine it's just because it was really effective as you said and in, in showing us like getting us into his head and appreciating his struggles and all that. So I think it was really well done. But yeah, it was just, it's not typical to read a book written in this way. Because yeah, it's, it's from the perspective of a person who is constantly bombarded by stimuli and it overwhelms him at times. So sometimes it was just weird to read sometimes i found okay yeah but it, that's not to say that it was bad because it was really effective no no but that, i mean that that's that's a valid point especially like subjectively like if you found that that detracted from it and in a way you know like i i didn't you read it a lot faster than i did you read it in what like two days three days yeah two or three yeah like i, I read it over a week i think or so mm-hmm. um and yeah i don't i don't think it ever bothered me or the the tone, the style ever made the book drag or anything like that. But I five, ten pages in, that's something I noticed and I was like, wow, I know right away why this book is popular. Mm-hmm. It's famous. It it's and a lot of people compared like right out to um Flowers for Algernon or Algernon if you want to get picky about it. <laughs> I know there's a lot of debate about that. I don't. I don't know if you want to get into that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I book, so. Yeah. No, no comment. Uh, yeah. Every time I say it, I'm like, okay, somebody's gonna criticize me. Correct me. Mm-hmm. And however I pronounce it, you know, I should just say, you know, like flowers for for a. <laughs> yeah. Flowers, flowers for the mousy. Yeah. It's so cute, little mouse. Yeah. So yeah, in, in that book, I don't know if we'll ever do this for the for, do that book in this podcast but uh was essentially very similar in that it's told in the first person perspective and it follows a person who has developmental issues far more severe than christopher's mm-hmm. you know like uh, he's 30 years old but he has what they refer to uh, i think was the mental age of a six-year-old or even like a three-year-old it's very 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 mm-hmm. uh a, a very developmentally delayed person mm-hmm. and he gets smart as the book goes. Spoiler. <laughs> Let's stop talking about that book. Yeah. <sighs> but like my point is that it, it it reminded me a lot about that and I can see why people are constantly comparing the two and equating the two because uh, this book by Mark Haddon had really had like the power to bring me into Christopher's mind in that way. Obviously, you can make the argument that any book that, you know, like makes you follow a character or even more so puts you in their head by narrating from the first person perspective puts you in their head, whether you like it or not, or whether you enjoy it or not. But this made me really be in Christopher's head. Yeah. And I really like I like I loved Christopher. Like it was just really cute how he was always trying so hard to like 
to act like normal people act, you know, like he was always trying to learn, okay, when someone says this, what does it mean? And how should I react to it? Or like when someone has this expression on their face, like, I want to understand what that means. And I want to be able to respond appropriately. So it was really sweet. Like it was really endearing his character because you saw how much he struggled and how much he wanted to My God, the cat just jumped on the highest thing it could find. Thank you, Kitty. This is I the wish, most appropriate time to. I wish we could like insert pictures because then people yeah. could see what how funny this is. Yeah, right she now. looks really cute. Yeah. Up there. but you anyway, little shit, get so, down from there. Yeah, so like I really felt for the character, and I really loved him at the end, and he was really sweet, you know. Yeah. I agree. I felt uh, I felt that way as well. I thought it was very effective in making me sympathize with somebody who is so different mm-hmm. from everybody, but from me as well, right? Yeah. And I was with him, exactly. I was with him every step of the way. I wanted him to succeed. I wanted him to get ahead and to go through, whether it was with his story or with the book that he's writing about the investigation of Wellington's murder or... Anything, I, I, I was with him the mm-hmm. entire time. And I don't mind disliking a protagonist or any characters or protagonists in, in particular. Because a lot of people, they say that. I find that as a criticism. I hear very often as a criticism that people say, I didn't like the main character. I mean, like, yeah. Well, you know, I couldn't, like, empathize with them. Like, yeah. People, well, sometimes they're, they're not, dislikable. Yeah. Like, like, sometimes that's the intention. Exactly. Or, or they're, yeah, they're simply a... An unpleasant person or I mean it, that is also subjective the way that you may perceive that person to be just mm-hmm. as we do in real life you know you might dislike somebody straight up from the second you meet them or from their personality coming through over time that doesn't mean that you can't be around them or you know or it, it can I guess in certain instances mm-hmm. but my point is that like you you don't necessarily have to love every main character. And that is uh, something I hear very often. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in book, in movie reviews, people are like, I didn't care about the character, or I didn't or didn't care for, or I didn't like the character. I'm like, okay, well, that's valid, of course. If that, if that didn't let you <laughs> like the book, if that... Uh, if that got in the way of you, like, exactly. enjoying the book. Uh, or, or the movie, or what have you, it... That's fine, and and that's possible. It's, it's a bit I guess. sad, kind of. It depends. Yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, if in in the context of this novel, it felt like obviously it created a very endearing character, regardless of his inability to deal with other people, right? Mm-hmm. And that is something that came across to me as very poignant and i was a bit shocked actually kind of halfway through the novel because like you're in his head the entire time and he's very approachable as a character i found and i loved him i wanted him to succeed i want him to get ahead but then once he is shocked or disturbed or bothered or annoyed in a, in a real setting not not with his dad or with with his pet rat or it doesn't really happen that much you know like he does mention it here and there throughout the first half of the book i would say but it's truly when he goes off to london and he's at the station i believe and he has that encounter with a police officer this also happens at the beginning of the book but like that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense and that like it's 
well, first is the opening scene. You don't know the character yet. You're mm-hmm. not familiar with them. But he has a very adverse reaction. And he has a similarly horrible reaction to anybody who comes close to him from a from our perspective right like you it made me kind of realize like wow this this kid really is terribly different and that like he responds to stimulus in in such a violent way in in face of so many different situations right like he's always got his pen knife in his pocket oh, with yeah. the blade out just in case somebody touches him right yeah it's a bit frightening but it's it it kind of like makes you think in what state of mind is a person in any social situation that that is how they will react in case somebody touches them mm-hmm. and that they're expecting somebody to touch them that yeah. makes sense from his perspective right mm-hmm. and I thought that was shocking I thought that was a, a a pivotal point at least for me maybe I had maybe I wasn't paying attention but I thought that it it was quite drastic the way in which it portrayed this character from the beginning in his head, right? Because he's very logical. He's very smart, obviously. He is very methodical. And as I understand, people in the uh, spectrum can be uh, not just meticulous, but also particular in, mm-hmm. in, in so many ways. Kind of like his food, he does. he doesn't like... Yeah, like the the colors of the cars and the colors of the food, and he, yeah, like, he doesn't like brown colored or yellow colored. Food. Yeah, those are bad colors. And if he sees was it like three yellow cars in a row, it's a bad day, and it's gonna be a bad day, and he can't do anything, and like yeah. that's that's where his head is gonna be at. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, those are just you know like instances of uh, his. I don't know if to call it a disease, but a uh, impairment. Yeah, or disorder. I don't know what the proper terminology would be for that type of thing. Autism disorder sounds about right. Yeah. Just to show you, dear, uh, dear listener, <laughs> like how how, uh, how good we are at doing research yeah. right before we... But I also want to talk about like the parents, because that's also an interesting part of it. Because the mom like leaves because she, in one of her letters to him that he reads later on, she kind of explains why she left, and she just she couldn't handle living with a I guess with a child that had that sort of those sort of special needs and she's she said that the family seemed happier without her and like Christopher always seemed happier with his dad so she left yeah because she thought I guess I I could never tell if is that just an excuse or did she truly believe that the family would be better off without Mm. her like you know yeah because I imagine like there's so many parents in real life that you're not expecting, like, you plan, you know, for a quote-unquote normal child, and then your child ends up needing special, like, it has special needs, and your child might be difficult and sometimes violent, you know, like, and hard to deal with, so yeah, what so do like, you do? Like, I mean, it's your kid, right? You, you, you can't just abandon them, but sometimes that might be the best thing. I don't know. It's so, like, difficult to understand and and made me feel for the dad like and he obviously he's not a perfect person right like he obviously has anger issues like he killed the dog because he had like an argument with the neighbor and you know he yells sometimes and he gets frustrated but yeah and also how could could you not you know living with a kid like that all the time what, what i felt was uh in retrospect i guess like the most uh unbelievable part of the book uh you know as 
any novel will have something that like even even if you're really into it like you kind of it switches right or it, like it trips a switch kind of thing or like it um trips the breakers what i'm trying to say <laughs> that it kind of like brings you back to reality and you realize like this is absurd or this is nonsense or this is whatever and then you go right back in it's not you know like it doesn't like make you throw the book across the room or anything yeah. but that the dad would hide this from his son i understand that like the son is a special needs person and they wouldn't react uh predictably to it yeah and he you know like he breaks down crying and he tells christopher you know like i only did this because i thought it was the thing to do the right thing to do this is this what this is what needed to be done and i was only thinking about you so in that regard yeah like i feel bad for the dad and yeah, he he is in many ways, you know, like a, a violent person, and like a he has his issues, but it's it really seems to me that he's trying his best. Yeah, and in in that regard, I mean, like you can you can see how the book does uh, a great job of portraying without telling you, you know, these people have these issues, these people are are dealing with these problems, and this is how they're doing so it just kind of alludes to that the type of anguish and the uh, different ways in which different people will react to different issues, especially in the scenario in which parents have to deal with their son being so extremely different, right? Mm -hmm. and, and in so many instances being so difficult, extremely difficult. Uh, yeah, like there's a few scenes, like descriptions of scenes in the book where like, the mom was out with Christopher and like Christopher started having like a meltdown in a store and he would just like curl up on the floor and scream and you know. Yeah, he does that at the very end as well. Yeah. Like so his, just his, imagine his mom, having to deal with that. Yeah. Like I think that I, I thought it was curious. I thought it was interesting that like he chose to add that at the end of the book as well, or near it was very close to the end, where that happens again. Yeah, right? when the mom went like, out to like buy clothes with him or something. Yeah, exactly. So like he is, I mean, he yeah, he is 15 and a lot of the text that we get from the relationship of him with his mom is from two years prior and or before because, well, obviously she has been pretend dead since. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought that it was poignant that like you know he brought it up and that like you as a reader, you are familiar with this character by now, obviously, and you're in a way, charmed by him in so many of his ways. And then there's this horrible situation that you would... If, if you were to be in this uh, department store and you saw um, a 15-year-old kid, you know, uh, throwing a loud tantrum like that, and it's not even that, you know, they're, like, screaming, panicking, you know. Like, obviously, you see this person has mental problems and they're having a really bad day but it it really contrasts and shows you know like the reality of people that like suffer from such conditions right mm -hmm. that in their head they are or they can be tremendously smart calculating and logical and driven and at the same time be broken and human and damaged just like we all are and right? which is really fragile too like you never know what's gonna upset him you know yeah i mean god knows that happens with people who are purportedly normal or mm -hmm. sane or 
yeah. okay in the most socially acceptable sense of the word. Yeah. So, yeah, like, in a way, you know, I I think other than Christopher, like, I think I really empathize with the dad, his character. Because, yeah. like, he, you know, he didn't abandon his child like the mom did. And like, like I said, I mean, it's hard to know. Maybe she truly left because she really thought it was the best thing for everyone. But like in those scenarios, you know, you never, you never know the person's intention. And I guess you could say that like, you know, dads leave all the time and no one questions it. Right. So I guess in this book, it's the mom leaving. Right. So I guess there's automatically people who will say, oh, what a horrible woman. But if it was the dad who left, you know, that's just how it Business is. As usual. Yeah. So I guess it's, it's, I don't want to be too harsh on her because like I said, the opposite happens every day. Right. And no one bats an eye or I think there, yeah. The, but like, so yeah, like it, it was really sweet to see the dad like trying his best and he's not a perfect person. Like he's obviously has his problems and I mean, his wife cheated on him. Right. So that, that's obviously very, destructive it's very traumatic so he's dealing with that and he has his son who is special needs and so it really made me feel for him like he's he's trying his best he's taking care of christopher the best way he knows how and he like he made mistakes right like like everyone does i guess i mean it's a pretty big mistake to to tell your kid that his mom died right yeah, no, but, I mean, it's very interesting because uh, I looked this up, I punched the, the title into uh, Reddit just to see what I got, and one of the things that jumped at me out of, out of the, the couple of discussions that I saw in the book was a, a single comment that somebody made that they weren't happy with the way that like the book felt as if it was making excuses for the dad, or that they didn't like how like it pretended as if the dad was okay in some ways. Really? Because, I don't know, like from what perspective they were uh, writing this comment. Because I felt like the dad was a very human character. Yeah, I know? felt like, that they he, were he all didn't... pretty well-rounded. I thought, yeah. I thought that, you know, like, obviously, like, these are all, like, horrible things that uh, people do or must face in life, and they're all told from the perspective of one specific character, Christopher in this case. Uh, however, yeah, like it, it is largely a story of his parents, mm-hmm. you know, and like the history of their marriage from a certain point to its end and the repercussions thereafter, right? Mm-hmm. So that's largely how I feel about the book after reading and finishing it and enjoying it. It's crazy how it's not so much about the character, the protagonist, or the lingering impact of the story is more about what his parents did or what happened to their marriage, yeah. in a way. Because, like, by the end of the book, like, you, Christopher seems, like, pretty resilient, right? He's, like, obviously he went through all these very strong emotions, but by the end of the book, like, he seems to be back to his normal kind of happy yeah. self. So, like, he's able to recover from all of this and yeah i guess like his parents obviously still have issues to figure mm-hmm. out but at least it seems like it they can possibly have like a happy family in the future like yeah sort of well uh, yeah like i said before i thought it was quite contrasting and it, it was very uh, it was a very violent switch between themes right kind of like how it was this like 
incredible drama and my dad is a murderer and I have to go to London because my mom lives there even though we haven't talked in years and I don't know how to get there but I'm going to get there and as soon as he gets there he's like oh shit I have to take my math test mm -hmm. okay we have to do that and the mom's like okay well like we will in time maybe we can take it another time and he's like no we're doing that that's going to happen we're doing this this is like we have to do it mm -hmm. like and, and the, the reverend whoever is going to like be the observer yeah, yeah no, What's the, just, i can't remember the word they use it's a word i never heard before yeah i mean yeah that's what happens i guess like it, it, yeah. the entire like system of a different country yeah, is explained to you it just term, doesn't, doesn't yeah. stick right but exactly that like it, it was so contrasting it was so two-tone and it just changed gears so violently it's so effectively right mm -hmm. yeah so all in all i really liked how the novel made me feel about these characters and how it portrayed them it was painful in so many ways and real in so many ways at the same time it also felt kind of like a fairy tale given the way that like christopher tells the story in such a different way right the way that he the, the way that his, his voice comes across is so unique and that's one thing i really like that he's such a unique character that's why i mentioned flowers for Algernon before because Charlie in that novel is, is such a unique character um, because of his mental illness if that is the proper term the story was so away from him right like the elements of reality that surround them almost don't touch him because he is so inside of his bubble all the time right and he is guided and ruled by his perception just like we all are but like with him it seems as if it is so it's like amplified exactly by like right? a thousand there yeah it's so intense and huge that it makes him small and narrow and within that narrow scope his mind is exploding logically right like he is so that is the only way i can describe christopher he is so logical everything about his mind is logical that's why you know like he and this is like one of the things that like stuck with me the most uh, as a line that you know kind of i guess a throwaway line but like it was so interesting as a pivotal point in the story when uh he finds out when his dad his dad tells him that he he killed the dog he killed wellington christopher thinks if he was able to kill wellington an innocent dog he is a murderer and he's um next kind of thing. exactly and then he exactly if he is mm -hmm. capable of killing that dog he is capable of uh, of killing me shit he's probably gonna kill me let's get out of here mm -hmm. you know i thought it was like a really logical yet so completely extreme reaction to something right to, or, or at least to the situation yeah, like, yeah, his mind is, like, very literal. So he's not capable of understanding it right away that my dad's not going to kill me, right? Like, he, yes, what he did was insane and way out of line, but he's not going to go on a killing spree, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's such a, an extreme yet logical reaction to something, right? I mean, if, if you found out that your dad had killed someone, you'd probably be shocked and likely afraid or if you were a horrible person you'd probably be cool with it yeah. <laughs> or it depends right and 
Christopher, he is such a pure being. He is such a... He's so uh, innocent. ...and honest, right? That, like, he reacts in the most logical and honest way. That is to think, if you're capable of killing, you're capable of killing me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That that stuck with me a lot. I thought, I thought it was a very well-crafted character. And when we looked it up on Wikipedia, right, it showed that, uh, I mean... Naturally, well, like uh, Mark Haddon, he uh, he came out and uh, he said that like the the book was not about Aspergers because people were naturally um, guessing as to what the condition that Christopher suffer, suffers from is specifically, and he just came out and said it's not about any specific condition. It's not about Aspergers or autism specifically, but it is about people being different or about the perspective of someone who is different. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the, really the only way you can frame it because, I mean, unless you yourself have that condition, I mean, how do you know what that type of person sees and thinks and believes, right? So unless you're like an expert or something on it, but yeah, so I guess it's, yeah, like you don't want to pretend that you know what it's like, right? Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's like a pretty safe way of writing this type of book but not claiming to know like what these people experience for sure i thought it wasn't in many ways quite daring right and it it was violent and shocking in so many instances and that's part of what helped me sympathize with christopher and like see him as a vulnerable human being but also as a very smart and logical guy right Mm -hmm. uh so it was I would say is a very, very good exercise in creating a three-dimensional character, something that many books lack, mm-hmm. some even great books, right? Like, there's a lot of, like, good books. If I'm going to, like, name drop something here, uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky, right? He wrote mm-hmm. Children of Time and Children of Ruin, and Children of Time has some pretty, <laughs> like, one-dimensional cardboard human characters in it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't detract from the story. That is still one of my favorite books from recent memory. It was a fantastic book. But, like, Christopher is just so rich and deep and strange and different that, like, it, it he kind of sticks with me forever. From yeah, now on, and I, right? I think all, like, I guess the three main characters, like, Mom, the Dad, and Christopher, like, yeah, they're all really human. They're all flawed. Like, they're not, none of them, no one's perfect, right? They all do things that... Later, they realize that probably wasn't the best way to do it. But yeah, it just seems like very relatable. In the, even if you haven't been in their particular situation, but you, everyone's you know done things that they regretted. Yeah, not even whatever. in a similar situation, right? Like you yeah. can see it through Christopher's eyes as a unique type of perception he has. You can still see that these people are human and exactly like you say that they've gone through difficult situations they've done horrible things they are flawed human beings like we all are and it also did like a very uh good job of showing like you said like the mom leaving because she couldn't deal with it how difficult it must be to deal with someone especially a child but anybody in your life who has a mental disorder or a any type of uh, developmental issue or anything that may make them different or more difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. How difficult that must be to like people around them who love them and care for them. And in this case, she was 
literally unable to do it, right? To the to the extent of her abandoning her own son. Yeah, and that's like I mentioned earlier, like I I still not clear. I mean, it's not a major plot point or anything, but I just I wonder again, was that just an excuse on her part that she just didn't want to deal with this? Like I didn't sign up for this kind of thing. You know, because yeah, like when you choose to have a kid, you're signing up for a kid that has any number of potential difficulties, right? So it makes me dislike her from that perspective, you know? Like, whether or not it was the mom or the dad who left, whoever it was, you kind of think, like, this is your kid, right? Like, you gave birth to this kid. They didn't ask to be born, right? So you should care for them no matter what. But at the same time, if you realize that your family is truly better off if you just leave the picture, maybe that is the best thing to do. So... Yeah, the mom is kind of like a question mark in my mind. Like, again, this isn't a major part of the book, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But I always just wondered, like, was she just kind of trying to take the easy way out? Mm, Yeah. But at the end, she does come back to London, and she does seem like, I think, was it implied that her and Christopher are going to live together, I think? Yeah, I think she she gets an apartment in Swindon. Yeah. uh, And uh, she is sort of like patching up her... It does definitely end uh, on a positive note, right? She's yeah. patching up her uh, divorce slash uh, personality murder uh, with her ex-husband, in which like he pretended that she was dead, and oh, you know, yeah. like she didn't know this, of course. And like that, that is a huge part of like how I I appreciate and I admire how this author has crafted these characters to be so three-dimensional, and that. The mom is not only dealing with her difficulties, her own personal issues, her son, but also her relationship with her husband, right? Like her marriage is crumbling down and factor in at whatever point there, you know, like the affair that she has or like the, the new relationship that she forms with this man, Mr. Shears, and how that changes everything you could say that's essentially the catalyst of the story i mean you could find any point to jump in but yeah like i mean that is largely uh, a way out for her right and and she takes it yeah you know so that is flawed and it's different and it's human right and it's a horrible thing yeah right? but i think yeah by the end she really does demonstrate like her and mr shears split up presumably because they realize that, okay, Christopher is back in our lives now. So I guess the end, like, she really proves that she loves Christopher. Because mm-hmm. she's Absolutely. she gave up her life in London and she came back to Swindon. Yeah. And now she's, like, prepared to live with Christopher. Yeah. Right? Uh, so. On a more critical note, I understand, you know, like, you, you can rationalize as to why the mom had not come back for, like, a couple of years. You can say, like you said, she thought that the family was better off, that, you know, the the dad was taking better care of Christopher and that he didn't seem as phased by the things that were really bothering her. But if I remember correctly, I think the the trip between Swindon and London wasn't more than an hour and a half, an hour and 45. It wasn't more than two hours, unless I'm... I think it was like three hours, the drive. It was? Okay. I think so. With the train? 
Uh, oh, no, trip? the train, I'm not sure. But like when when mo- the mom and Christopher drive back, mm. I think it was like a three-hour drive. Oh, now that you say that, but like, didn't the they have to stop quicker. for a lot? Okay, yeah. Because usually it's not, though. Like, usually, like, a train goes slower than a car. Yeah, but I mean, they made it seem like it was quicker. Yeah, okay. Like, at so least e- that's my Either impression. way, say, say three hours, right? Or, like, yeah. say, like, okay, well, we're in Ottawa. Say that you were in Toronto, right? Like, that's five hours. Okay, but, like, if your kid is in the other city... And, like, you love your son, regardless of whatever bullshit may have happened in your lives. Come visit. It, yeah, it's not like you live in a different continent, for God's sake, right? Yeah, or at least, like, call, right? She just sent letters. Yeah. Well, like, I, I mean, it could be maybe the dad, you know, maybe he was, like, preventing contact and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah well, there there was that, right? I mean, he... Uh... Well, he he did hide all the letters, and he did like prevent her from contacting Christopher in in that way. Yeah, but, but there's um, like that's yeah. There's so many other ways, right? No, for sure, for sure. But like, I, I th- my my point is that um, after she left with Mr. Shears, after she essentially like broke up with her husband, her husband really took it to heart naturally. I yeah. mean, normally, like he'd been cheated on, his wife left them and left them to like take care of their son. So yeah, it. That's going to hurt. Oh, God, no. Like, I mean, I don't blame the guy for reacting uh, extremely. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm just saying that that is that is what happened. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, but b- back to what I'm saying is that they were tremendously well-crafted characters, as far as I could tell in that relatively short book and a quick read. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the author did a great job telling the story of these people through the perspective of Christopher being such a different style of narrator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I'm happy we read it. And yeah, it's a nice quick read. So I think anyone should read this, really. You know, oh, absolutely. It's... I think this is very enjoyable from like a- any any walks of life. People people, people can enjoy this book with uh, no reservations. I, I don't think there's there's... Any any build up as a reader, there's any. I mean that that's what my friends said. That they they taught in high school. I didn't know. I knew this book had been well received. That's when I saw it at a bookshop. I bought it and I had it for a long time. Right, like if we. Well, this is the apartment library after all, <laughs> and uh, this became the apartment library because I discovered discount thrift shop books and I kept bringing home books <laughs> and my wife here she was like uh well maybe you should uh, not bring home so no, many books i love it we have a big collection it's just good to weed out the ones that you no longer like and replace them with new books yeah come in with a bag full of books are you gonna read those i'm like yeah, i'm gonna read them <laughs> i'm not gonna read them. yes <laughs> so yeah like I, I really like this book it has some really good themes about you know like everyone is just kind of trying their best right we all make mistakes we're not perfect yeah and it's just like a really cute look into this one particular family's life. And yeah, the characters are really endearing. And yeah, and yeah I enjoyed it. It was a good read. Yeah. Conversely, it was very jarring. And like so much of it was like tremendously harsh and difficult to, to face. Right. That's what like I, I thought like made it so real and enjoyable from many perspectives. I, I yeah I had a, a great time reading it. Yeah, it was so, good. Yeah, we both liked it. And Absolutely. I hope uh, if you're listening and you find this interesting, I hope you give it a shot and I hope you like it. Oh, absolutely. If you're on the fence, I mean, we definitely just spoiled the book again. 
for you, dear reader. But this is the type of book that you, I think you really need to, even if you know 100% the plot line, like it's the type of book that you need to read it really because it's written in such a particular way and from such a unique perspective that you won't get the whole experience unless you read it. Oh no, like Christopher is absolutely, it's such a unique character that yeah, you need to experience that firsthand. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you liked the episode. All right. That was great. I did enjoy that book a lot. Mm -hmm. I do recommend that. Absolutely. <laughs> so next week, or next month. Yes, or next when, episode. Next episode. Yeah. Whenever that is. Next year. <laughs> we're going to try... Where the Crawdads Sing, I believe it's called. I believe it's by Delia Owens. Yeah. And so. if I'm not mistaken, it won the Pulitzer Prize. I think it's a fairly successful, fairly popular book. Yeah, I've heard lots of people talk about it, recommend it, and... I'm number 250 at uh, the library on hold for this book, so it might be a while. All right, so see you in 250 weeks. <laughs> but they have 150 copies, so hopefully it'll go pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's a popular one. <laughs> so, All right, that's, that's awesome. It. Thanks, everybody. See have you a good next night. time. Have a good morning. Have a drink. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback or if you have any recommendations, you can write us an email to apartmentlibrarypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>